Thanks, Sam. Almost four minutes after six o'clock, Hilton Tarrant with you on this Monday evening on the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Coming up tonight, investigative journalist Tony Beamish has made contact with some of the 399 named investors in Barry Tannenbaum's Ponzi scheme. We'll hear what he's found at a quarter past six. The Free Market Foundation's Herman Mashaba on government's about turn on labor brokers and the jobs at risk if labor brokers are indeed outlawed. Peter Armitage of Anchor Capital on the RAND as well as some stocks to watch. And David Shapiro of Sassman is with us to make sense of the markets. All of this and more to come. First, here's the business news. Well, Barlow World, the South African distributor of Caterpillar equipment, expects spending by mining companies and governments on infrastructure to boost its sales in Africa of the machinery by more than 10% a year. Chief Executive Officer Clive Thompson says... The company is still in the infancy of growth of Caterpillar products in Africa. Sales of the machinery will probably grow by a percentage in the strong double digits over the next five years. Bala World sales of Caterpillar equipment rose by 30% to $25.3 billion in the year through September, compared with an 18% increase in total revenue. Mark Kurifani, the new chief executive of Anglo-American, has put its $49 million Gulfstream G550 corporate jet up for sale. In a sweeping cost-cutting program, the gesture will do little for the bottom line, but is likely to be interpreted by investors as a statement of intent by Kurifani, who has launched a top-to-bottom review of Anglo's global operations. Next month, he will unveil his plan to rehabilitate the company. It is likely to include the sale or closure of several projects in the company's development pipeline that have yet to receive final investment approval. Well, the JSE up 0.3% on the day, 40,933 points on the all share. Strength across the board uh, on the index, also seeing U.S. markets positive at the start. The rand is at 10.15 to the dollar, 15.75 to the pound, 13.43 to the euro, gold at $1,385 an ounce, platinum $1,507, and a barrel of rent is at $104. David Shapiro of Sassfin being uh, trapped in all sorts of power outages here at Melrose Arch. <laughs> I said what was happening. Uh, the lift struggled. That's, that's one thing. You should have told me that before. I would have come up the steps. Did you get stuck halfway up? Uh, no, but, but it was working a lot slower <laughs> than it normally does. But I see all the lights are out here as well. I didn't realize it was a power outage. Well, what I can tell you, David, mm-hmm. uh, according to ESCOM, forecast demand, 35,717 megawatts. We've got a capacity of 35,780 megawatts. That's 63 megawatts gap. (laughs) We're skating. Okay, and it's cold. Skating. And it's cold, yeah. Razor, razor. I I, I think we realized that as soon as we got any hint of a cold front, that uh, up here, that this was likely to happen. I mean, last week was actually hot. It was almost uh, like spring, so... Um, you know, if things do get colder, I'm sure it's going to be put a lot astray. We might um, just um, uh, mm. we might just be uh, sleeping here at the office yeah. this evening. <laughs> <laughs> David, the markets are okay. Market, uh, yeah, markets are okay today. Mm, mm. I, I think it was driven by the rand. There's a big story around the rand. The rand trading uh, at, 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 at between in a range of about 10.15 to about 10.25 today. And uh, it was difficult to gauge what really drove the rand weaker. There is this move out of emerging markets. It just keeps growing where mm. investors are moving to uh, Japan. Japan's uh, moving to the United States as well. Um, if, if you pick up reports, um, you'll find that there, you know, there's more and more negative 
uh, attitudes developing towards emerging markets and that. We saw it in our bond market. The other thing that I must add, I think that Mr. Mandela's illness has also got something to do with it. Um, there's still a perception out in the world that he's a, almost a stabilizing force in South Africa and, you know, should he go that it might create some kind of uh, uh, disturbances or turbulence. I know it's a naive view and I know it's outdated, mm. but you can't ignore it. You know, you can't ignore that it won't make headlines and it won't raise questions, you know. So to an extent, it, it, it made all the news bulletins today. You know, it was headline news. And I'm sure that it added a few cents of weakness to uh, to the RAM. Friends and acquaintances of mine uh, mentioning this to me over the weekend, mm. saying we're in London or we're yeah. in the US or we're in Australia. And yes, obviously we know that mm. uh, that this might not mm-hmm. be the, or is definitely not the case. But you know, the the prevailing mm. mood in in some of these places, especially amongst kind of ordinary people in the street. Mm. Um, well, sure, it's not you know the, the the understanding of Africa, South Africa, is very. Very shallow you know, mm. people, and and he's an icon um, that that has been associated with South Africa's uh, uh, success or growth, and um, so I, I I think there is something around it. it. Won't last long, but other than other than that, there uh, you know you can't ignore what's happened to our bond market. Us looking at mm. at rates, we we gained a lot. I think. Um, when we were included in the uh, what was it the uh, Morgan Stanley was it the What's the world govy. The world govy, yeah. When we were included in that index, uh, there was huge gains that were made as people snapped up our bonds. But that's reversed. You know, we, on average, we were trading around about, the yields were trading about 7.5% or thereabouts. We came down all to the low sixes. Sorry, about 7%. Sorry, we came down to the low sixes. And now we've kicked up uh, on the 10-year bonds to around about 75 But it's come mm-hmm. over one month. There's almost been a 25% reversal in bond rates. But Hilton, what it's also done, it's absolutely savaged our property trusts. You know, uh, we've seen big falls there as they realign to uh, higher 10-year bond yields as well. So we've seen huge pressure on, on uh, property trusts, and I think we saw a little more in our sell-off today as well. Yeah, today uh, we saw Redefine down 4%, Humara mm. down 4%. Mm. Uh, some of the others uh, also down in that region, Growth Point down 3%. For a stock the size of Growth Point to move 3%. That's, and and if you go through the market, you know, take away our rand here, just take away uh, the top four or five industrials. That would include Aspen and Naspers and British American Tobacco, all of those. Take away Billiton as well. So if you take away all the heavyweight that really put muscle onto the all-share index, you go into the retailers and there's still this persistent sell-off, um, very, very negative uh, um, you know, trade downs as well. The shares that are holding up or those that weren't bought by foreigners. Some of the smaller medium caps seem to be doing very well. A lot of money flowing into those. We saw, uh, we'll hear from Peter Armitage in, uh, in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, his views on, on the Rand Hedge is very, very interesting. Nine stocks driving the market uh, over the past month. Literally nine stocks. Absolutely. So you've got, you've got, and they're big gains. I mm. mean, we're talking in the, you know, in double digit gains in those. So if you look at a Richemont, I did a, I did a little chart on Richemont. It's doubled over the last year, you know, and now this is a big heavyweight company, British American Echo, Breweries, Aspen, Naspers, all those ones that I mentioned before have, um, even Billiton to an extent, have added, you know, those are the ones, Vodacom, holding up. Billiton's close to 300. Yeah, yeah. 
bulletins, Anglos hasn't. Anglos mm. has been one of the letdowns. In fact, looking at market cap, I think Anglos has slipped out of champion. It wouldn't get a championship. What well, champion league place? <laughs> if it was in the Premiership, I think it's fallen out the top four. <laughs> what do you make of this plan by by Mark Kudifani? Obviously, the plan to sell the jet is, I mean, fifty million dollars means nothing in Anglo's life. It is symbolic, very symbolic. It, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it. What he's trying to do is saying, look, you might have been brought up where you could spend what you like. You know, you might have been brought up in a in a culture of uh, this kind of living. Catch the private jet. I'm afraid things are going to be a little tighter. You know, it's it's. It's uh, uh, cutting out the milk and cutting out things like that, you know. <laughs> Changing it's, the it, coffee. It's, it's cha- exactly, Rick Coffee instead of uh, Nescafe Gold, you know, no cappuccino <laughs> machine. Yeah, but you know what it is? It's a message. Mm. It's tighten your belts. You know, we're, we're serious about that. So even though you can't see it on the bottom line, I think if you can get that culture in there, um, you know, it, 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 it will make a difference. Also in the, the fallers, uh, if we look very carefully across the market, uh, those retailers under pressure, as you mentioned, pick and pay at a fresh 52-week low, 38 rand, just mm-hmm. over 38 mm-hmm. rand a share. Truworths, 79 rand, 50. Uh, we're seeing a, a few others under pressure. Able under renewed pressure? Able came back to below 1,700. The other area we're seeing is banks. Banks have, uh, keep falling. And uh, I know they're looking cheap at the moment, but um, the one thing that you can't decide what to do is we can't read what the foreigners are going to do. And, mm. you know, our market has been, we, we, we often said it, that we take prices, we don't make prices. We're making prices at the bottom end of the market in the shares that are, are smaller, but at the top end of the market, um, it's it's... We don't know, we can't read whether foreigners will continue, whether they're worried about credit here, you know, the credit bubble here or uh, uh, slowing credit, whether ABLE has had some impact. So you're seeing, you know, I've seen uh, first rand come down to, I wouldn't say new lows and, uh, you know, they're still doing okay, but I mean, they're being hurt every day, being a bit punished. The only thing that kept us up in in financials were the assurers, you know, which are not really foreign stocks. Mm. So so the, the local money seems to be finding its way there. In terms of results, not much to speak of. Mixed telematics, uh, the fleet management business, also well known. Uh, many South Africans will know them from the Matrix vehicle tracking service. Out with uh, full year numbers, revenue up 15%, headline earnings per share up 26%. Stock up nicely today, 11%. It would. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it hasn't really got a big following. I can't really comment. I've got to say, I didn't, uh, it's not a result I followed. Invicta, yeah. a, a, a new trading update, an updated trading mm. update. Very stock, strong stock, stock went up. Yeah, it would. Yeah. You're going to find that. You know, you're going to find the performances in shares like Invicta, and uh, th- they weren't the only one. I saw um, EOH. Uh, what's it? Pinnacle. You know, mm. all the all the favourites also. I think leading the uh, the JSE gainers today. Quarter past six here on the market update. Today's top story is brought to you by IG South Africa. Visit igmarkets.co.za to open a trading account today. Well, MoneyWare broke the news of alleged 12.5 billion rand Ponzi scheme mastermind Barry Tannenbaum owing SAR 748 million rand back in April. This case obviously receiving attention as the Revenue Service has renewed its efforts in targeting high net worth individuals. Tannenblom fled the country for Australia halfway through 2007. He's currently living with his wife at Runaway Bay, David. Can't make that one up. Runaway Bay up north (laughs) on Queensland's Gold Coast. We last spoke to investigative journalist Tony Beamish 
back in April. Tony, since then you've spent weeks, if not months, wading through thousands of pages, constructing some rather elaborate spreadsheets. To recap, Tannenbaum, what was the scheme? Evening, Hilton. That, that's so. In fact, you're quite correct. I've had digits swimming before my eyes. They're massive numbers. <laughs> and uh, it relates, of course, as we know, to the investments in uh, Tannenbaum's Ponzi scheme, reputedly 12.5 billion rand, that's been invested. Now, in the forthcoming story, I've analyzed uh, Saul's allegation that investors, in fact, received 3.1 billion from uh, Tannenbaum. This is what Saul's is alleging, Hilton, but uh, I've phoned quite a number of the heavy hitters and had long discussions with them, and uh, they disagree. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised when that story is published on MoneyWeb.ca today tomorrow morning with uh, some of the names um, on that list, uh, some of the people that you have spoken to, uh, many of them, as you say, denying uh, the fact that they, they did receive uh, any income or payments from the scheme. In fact, some going so far as to admitting uh, that they, they did invest with Tannenbaum, but, but that they lost money. Yes, and I spoke to one investor and I said, well, you made uh, 12 million rand of a very little input. He said, in fact, no, I lost 12 million rand and I paid tax and I had to pay the liquidators some money back and I had to pay legal fees. So so uh, if if they're correct, uh, it, it says a lot about the quality of SARS investigation. Of course, I'm not judging that now. It, it's, uh, we, have, we have two vastly contradictory versions that it, it could be quite a serious indictment on the quality of SARS investigation. We have to make the point, of course, that uh, you are relying solely on those SARS documents. Some of the strange things, Tony, that uh, you have discovered, some people have put uh, money in the scheme and got nothing back. Others paid in nothing but managed to actually get money out. Yes, and, and you're quite right, Hilton, and curiously, there's one name on the list who features are having not put anything in or got anything out, which is just Curiouser and curiouser, but we are looking at that. Uh, yes, we had uh, 103 people uh, on the face of it lost money. 155 got nothing back, and 76 investors received a total of 90 million. That's averaging of 1,234,000 each, without having invested a cent. If the SARS list is to be believed. Tony Bimish, there, investigative journalist at MoneyWeb, and that story will be on MoneyWeb.co today, tomorrow morning. A fascinating, astonishing story, David. Some of these names. But if you put money in, surely the whole thing was that you would get something back. In other words, it was mm. some return, because those are fictitious returns which you have to now, um, you know, you have to return. So it's not only your original investment, it's what you would have received as well. But this seems, nothing seems to tie up in, in mm. the numbers. There's, there's a lot at odds, as Tony yeah. says, a lot at odds. Some, obviously, people are denying uh, ever putting money in, yet uh, the SARS documents obviously say something completely different. <laughs> well, I suppose if you go into bank accounts, if you start investigating and digging, you know, one doesn't know how, how this whole thing has been put together. What surprises me is how long it's taken to get to where we are. This and, is, and, this and is 2004 to yeah. 2009. Those yeah. are the assessment years. Six okay, years. now we're four years down the line. 
and still nothing has happened with Tannenbaum. You know, nothing's come to court. Madoff, they put away in no time. I mean, literally within a few months he was uh, in jail, 150-year sentence and so on. And uh, the investigation goes, this just seems to go on and on. And I suppose, like uh, J. Arthur Brown, he might only get a slap over the knuckles or something. Well, for IG, being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced of traders find an edge. That's why they provide professional-level charts that update in real time and offer a huge range of indicators and functions, including tools to help you scan the markets and test your strategies. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a closer look at what they can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorized financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, labor brokers and the practice of labor broking under renewed threat from government members of Parliament's Portfolio Committee on Labor in an about turn last week. They want to change the definition of temporary employment from six months to zero months, which will effectively outlaw labor broking. Herman Mashaba is chairman of the Free Market Foundation. Herman, this is estimated to be a, in, an industry worth 44 billion rand. There somewhere between 850,000 to 1 million workers placed by labor brokers in the country, a very sizable and important part of the country's labor force. Well, uh, absolutely, uh, Elton. There's a reason why I think us as a free market foundation really, I mean, took this as another surprise, and unfortunately a negative one from that point of view. And I think we don't have to, in fact, even really look at it in terms of uh, the value of, of the, the, the and the size of, of, of the industry. Let's really look at uh, the people involved. We, You know, we're sitting with uh, 7 million South Africans unemployed. And the reason why this uh, South Africans are unemployed is because of our rigorous labor regime that we've really suffered under for the last, uh, what, 10, 15 years. And I think we really need to really do something about it because the reason why labor brokers are they really playing a very significant role in, in the economy of our country is to really help the business community really deal uh, with this uh, rigorous labor regime that we need to do something about. It's almost as if people who are pro- uh, proposing these policy decisions, and, and I'm not necessarily referring to only these latest discussions around labor broking, it's almost as if they're, they're not really aware of how tough it is to run a business. Absolutely. I think, and you look at it, uh, particularly small business, uh, we have really been the biggest victims of uh, this labor regime because, uh, you know, in our country today, if you don't really have a, a, a professional HR department, uh, you're really looking for trouble in, in, in the employment of people. And now we've got the labor brokers really playing a very key role in assisting uh, those that do not really have this uh, uh, sophisticated mechanism to really deal with this. Now, all of a sudden, we talk about uh, actually uh, you know, banning them. What is going to really happen? We can add another million South Africans uh, in, in the unemployment labor pool, which would really be very, very unfortunate because we're not going to address uh, unemployment by actually punishing the business community. In terms of uh, business itself, should, should government really just be, be focused on, on letting business and enabling business to, to get on with it? Well, I think uh, you, you don't have to really be a rocket scientist or really be an economist to really see the devastating effect of what this labor legislation has done to our country over the last uh, uh, 10, 15 years. I'm sure you're aware, Hilton, of the, of the latest uh, World Economic Forum uh, Global Competitive Report for the 2013, mm. where it places South Africa. Unfortunately, we're not doing
doing very well. And and where we're really failing as a country is on labor on labor matters. So this is something that the international community is very much aware about uh, the problem that our country faces. And we expect our parliamentarian, our lawmakers, to really be able to be sensitive to uh, to this because uh, this report is not really something that is just there to punish South Africa. It's something that is the it's, which is a reality. Herman Mashaba is chairman of the Free Market Foundation. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Quick cricket update. Pakistan 4 for the loss of 1 after 1.5 overs. Uh, Morris with a wicket there for South Africa. It's 24 minutes after 6 o'clock for IG being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced of traders find an edge. That's why they provide professional level charts that update in real time and offer a huge range of indicators and functions, including tools to help you scan the markets and test your strategies. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a closer look at what they can can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorised financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. Well, in our Market Commentator weekly podcast this week, I spoke to Peter Armitage, founder of Anchor Capital. The transcript and audio is up on moneyweb.co.za, also on our apps, MoneyWeb Talk and MoneyWeb Now. We spoke about his business, Anchor Capital. We spoke about the RAND, African Bank, and why he's completely avoiding, uh, almost completely avoiding consumer stocks. I asked him for his take of where the JSE is at the moment. Yeah, the JSC is very much RAND-driven at the moment. You know, you've got um, about 75% of the earnings of the JSC are denominated in currencies other than RAND. So when the RAND moves, it has a massive impact on the valuation of our businesses. But again, you would have split that 75 into two, where a portion is uh, kind of probably half of that is commodities and half is non-commodities. So in the non-commodity RAND-driven space... That's the SABs and British American Tobacco has reached once, etc. Um, you've had some uh, excellent performance. Um, the commodity companies haven't performed as well because they've got some underlying issues, both local and global. So the market has uh, has kind of the, the you know the huge market performance in um, in the last month has largely been currency driven. And you've seen about 91% of the performance of the market was driven by nine big shares. So it's really those heavyweights, um, which are predominantly kind of RAND plays, um, have done exceptionally well. We, we're fairly nervous of the market at the moment. We, there's always some bottom-up opportunities. We think we can still put together a reasonable portfolio. But, uh, you know, the, the, the good companies and the good stories are pretty expensive. Um, so you have to dig around quite a lot to find the right opportunity. Peter, what about cash? Uh, should should investors uh, be, be sitting in cash? Uh, is it difficult to to add new money to the market at these levels? Yeah, I think, you know, we don't think we, anybody in the world is a, is a macro expert who can forecast the future. So I think there's a number of different possible outcomes at the moment. <coughs> I think the... Um, the shares that we really like, the bigger ones, are quite expensive, so we deploy capital quite carefully. But one thing you can be assured of is that there's going to be volatility during the year. You know, that there will be changes in prices and valuations. And I think it's quite a good time to have your powder dry to take advantage of those. Um, you know, some, some opportunities will arise. So the market is not, you know, the market's pretty expensive. Um, 
we've, we've got quite a few counters that we're very happy to invest in at the moment. But we'd also like to have some kind of cash on the side to invest in it. Yeah, the difficulty with cash is uh, the return is particularly low at mm. the moment. After tax, you're getting three odd, three odd percent. <laughs> you've got money sitting in the bank. That's why we, in fact, launching a unit trust in a few days' time, which is a cash alternative. So, because we think people will be holding more cash, uh, but we think, you know, earning three percent is ridiculous. We can go a little bit higher up the risk return curve and deliver um, kind of a near cash return in excess of six or seven percent. We think. Um, so, so yeah, in, you know, in a share portfolio, definitely hold some cash. Um, but, but I think the, you know, people who've held 50, 60% of their money in cash over the last year or two have to start on some excellent returns. Mm. So there's, I think there's still money to be made in the market. But, uh, yeah, we're not, we, we don't, the, the, because the returns on everything else are so low, you know, even a 10% return from the equity market with dividends is going to be a better return than you get elsewhere. Peter, two or three shares that uh, that you're watching very closely at the moment? Well, I think the, again, one has to differentiate between the, the bigger and the smaller ones. Um, of the big companies, we we like uh, Nuspress, we like Netcare. Um, we've, we've been in, we've, we've taken a kind of a really deep value stance in Steinhoff. ShopRite, I think, is a is a, is a business which is well placed for the next few years. It's only exposure in the retail sector. And then read of, uh, um, RMI, we think is very interesting. Assurance, we think, is a lovely business. They're starting to do very nicely in Australia. I don't know if you saw the product they launched recently where, you know, they're very innovative. Mm. They've launched a product where if, if you take out life insurance with them and you haven't claimed after 15 years, in other words, you're still alive, you get all your money back. So it's, you know, kind of clever marketing toys is a, you know, the guys are all sort of actuarially based and they work out these kind of equations, which we think are very clever. That's Peter Armitage there, founder of Anchor Capital. Some interesting choices there, David. ShopRite among them? Yeah, I, I like ShopRite. Steinhoff hasn't quite got the, mm. uh, the following. You know, no mm. matter how they try, they just. It's a confusing stock because mm. they've got the shareholding in CAP, they've got the shareholding in yeah. JD Group, so, and you've got the big European business. Mm. You don't actually know what they're... They're still battling to get support, you know, mm. and, and it's strange. It's, it'll always be one of these underperformers. But RMI sounds interesting. You know, that's, I think that's a mixture of discovery and outsurance. Mm. Yeah. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended up 0.3%, 40,933 points on the all-share. U.S. markets up. The rand is at uh, 10.15 against the U.S. dollar, gold at $1,382 an ounce. That's a wrap from the team. We're back at 6 o'clock tomorrow. This has been the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 6.30 now and time for game plan.